Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read the text from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. You may be seated. And a Merry Christmas to everybody here today. Particularly if you're new or you've come with as a member of family, we just warmly welcome you here to Ilham Church, and we trust that you are blessed here by hearing the Word of God, and you really do understand the, the significance of this day. And uh, I just picked this passage today because I love it, and um, Father, I, I just ask today that as we come to your Word, and let's just share this message, this wonderful message, that your anointing would rest upon your service, and that those who need to hear today about who you really are and what you've really done in sending your Son, Father God, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened this day, Lord. Lord, you love each and every one of us here. You want to save and bless and favor us all. We bless you for sending Jesus. Amen. So I love this passage, and it's, a, you know, it's about a 13-year-old girl. And uh, this 13-year-old girl we know is Mary, and she is betrothed to be married to this, uh, this man, called Joseph, who is a carpenter. And uh, ironically, Jesus learned all about wood and nails. And then he himself was nailed to a wooden cross. And uh, the passage is very, very special. And uh, she's, as I said, she's betrothed. And she's betrothed to um, this man called Joseph. And, you know, this woman, I, this young girl, I imagine, is excited. She's picking out a wedding dress and, you know, planning all the, the things that go on in a wedding and so exciting. And then an angel turns up. And an angel turns up and totally 
disrupts her world and says, Mary, you are favored one, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And we often read these passages and we just, we don't understand the, the, the paradox of truth. And, you know, this woman, this, this Mary is, is about to be married. The angel turns up and says, you are blessed because you are going to, she doesn't know this, but you are going to give birth to the Messiah, the Christ, God's King. And because of that, she is blessed, and God says she is highly favored to carry God's Christ, the Messiah. But you know, often we think about blessing as just something that's all good. But you know, the, this, this girl had to change her wedding plans. She was about to be, you know, she was about to become pregnant. Uh, Joseph was not going to believe her. He was about to ditch her because he didn't believe anything until the angel turned up and explained everything to him. People would have been speaking about her at the hairdressers. You know she's pregnant. And to a great degree, you know, sometimes we don't understand the blessing of God also carries a burden. <laughs> the most blessed people you know, most favored people you know always carry a burden. Life is paradoxical. And, and this woman was, was blessed, highly favored, about to receive a miracle. But you know, even in the miracle, there was times when she knew misery. She knew what it was to be laughed at. She knew what it, what it was to be mocked. But when God comes to you, favors you, he makes your whole life a miracle. And always the miracle will outlast the misery. But here is this young girl, and, and she comes, and she's called highly favored and blessed. And I want, I want to focus, when we celebrate Christmas today, we celebrate the coming of Jesus. And the angel comes to her. I just want us to focus on these, these, these words that the angel said to her. And says, don't be afraid, Mary, if you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of the Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. We, we just want to talk about, I just want to talk about today. Who is the child, Jesus, who was given to us. And what did the angels say about him? So we understand that, that Christmas is not just an emotional time and we think about a baby, but we actually understand Christmas is all about Jesus. And to understand Christmas, if it's all about Jesus, we've got to understand about Jesus, who he really is. And the angel came and says about this Jesus, he will be great. And that's the first thing we need to know about Jesus, the giving of him. He is great. We talk about great. We say, oh, my coffee was great this morning. We, we throw around that word so casually. But, but in this sense, in the Greek, it actually means something extraordinary. And 
Normally, if we say someone's great today or extraordinary today, it's because they have done something. But Jesus, the angel says he is great, not because of anything he's done, but intrinsically, he possesses the greatness of God. And why is he great? Why is he? It's because the glory of God is in him. And the glory of God all through his life shone through his humanity. That's why he's called the light of the world. There was a time when he he took his disciples up the hill and he was transfigured. And they saw incredible light, like his, his body became like the brightness of, the, mid, of the, the midday sun. And they fell down and they worshipped him because the life of God is in him and was shining through him. And the, 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 when it says the glory of, they said on that mountain, they said, we have seen the glory of God shining through Christ. And the glory of God means the attributes of God. When they saw Christ, they saw the attributes, the mercy of God. They saw the loving kindness of God. They saw the power of God in Christ. That's why he's called great. He is the greatness of God. He talked like God. He acted like God. He could even discern the thoughts of men because the giving of Jesus is the giving of the greatness of God seen through him. And he's great because he's intrinsically great. The glory of God is in him and shines out of him. But he's also great. Here it speaks about thrones and a kingdom. There'll be no end to his kingdom. That is, he's great because he is heaven's king. He is what the Bible calls the king of kings and the lord of lords. And every other king in, in, in history, they receive a kingdom when somebody else dies. But this Jesus, the wise men came and said, let us see the one who is born king. He is born king because he is king. He is heaven's king and he's the king of kings. So he's great because he has the glory of God in him. He's great because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who the Messiah was going to be. He was going to be the king, God's king sent. But here is the real reason he is great. Because though he has the glory of God in him, and though he is heaven's king, he was sent. This is why Christmas is great. The angel said, you shall call his name Jesus. Now, we understand what that means because in Matthew 121, it says, you shall, same word, you shall call his name Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. And the word Jesus means the one who saves. And what we celebrate today is that the, the coming of Jesus is the coming of the one who contains the glory of God, who is the glory of God, who has the life of God in him, the third part of the Trinity. He is. He is. If you want to see what God's like, you see, you look at Jesus. Because the glory of God, he's the only person the glory of God shone from him. And, and he is great because he is, as I said, he is the coming of God's king. But what makes him truly great? All kings have power. But the way... This king used his power, 
when he came into the world, was not to elevate himself. It, he laid down himself when he came. He went to that cross and he came in power to save us. To save us from our sins. And what makes Jesus truly great is he, he who created all things, flung stars into the orbit, could be anything he wanted, could do anything he wanted, chose in all his greatness to come to save us from our sins. And that's what we remember today. This baby came, was th- th- this, this child was announced to Mary and she said, he will be great. But the main reason he will be great is that he will save us from our sins. And I, I, I was reading a little while ago about a, a, an incident that happened with a father who went sailing that really described to me what saving from our sins really means. And it was, he went sailing in the Pacific on his, on his yacht and he took his son and, and his son's friend. And when they were sailing, this is a true, true account, they hit a great storm and uh, the boat capsized and the father was sitting on top of the boat and he only he had a rescue line. And his son was there and his friend was over there and he had one rescue line. And he had to throw it and he realized his son was a Christian but his friend was unsaved. And so he, he said it was the most agonizing time of his life. And when he, he, he was about to throw it, he screamed out to his son, I love you, son, and then threw it to his friend. Because he realized that, although it was agony, that his son would be in eternity with God because he was saved. But he couldn't bear to think of the friend of the son separated from God for eternity. Not in heaven, in a place called hell. And so he sacrificed his son to save his friend. And really, this is why Jesus is great. This is why the greatness of God is in Jesus. Because in Jesus, we see, we see that God didn't have to. But through Jesus, he offered us salvation by sacrificing his son. And this is the real greatness in Jesus. It's why he came and why we celebrate Christmas. And when this message came to Mary, she didn't fully comprehend it. She didn't fully, because this is before the cross, before Jesus died to save us. But when she received the message, this is really important. We were here the message today that, that something great has happened at, 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 at Christmas. That the one who contains the glory of God, the one who is heaven's king, was sacrificed that we could be saved. That's the message. And when the message came to Mary, this is why she's considered blessed. When I say to you today that Jesus Christ is the glory of God, he is the king of heaven, but God gave him and sacrificed his son like that sailor that you could be saved. When you hear that message, you must respond to it. There must be a response. And the thing is, this message came to Mary. And I want to say when the message came to her, 
It was disruptive. And when I say to you today, Jesus isn't, isn't the, just the baby in the manger. He is God's Savior who was thrown from heaven to earth. He sacrificed his son that you could be saved. And when you hear that message, it is disruptive. Mary had a, had a wedding. To, she was planning a wedding. And when she heard this message, and she knew she had to respond to this message, she had to cancel that wedding. She had to cancel all her plans. Because when you hear the message of the gospel, it is disruptive. And it is disruptive because there are priorities that have got to change in order to be saved. There are things that have got to be reordered in order to be saved. And when she heard this message, she, it's, it, it, it's, it's, she, as I said, she couldn't comprehend fully God's plan of salvation. And we really can't either, fully. All we know is that I'm a sinner. I, my sins separate me from God. And God has sent a saviour. And, and, and Jesus Christ is that saviour. He has proven it because he has risen from the dead. And when you hear the message, it is disruptive. But this is what this woman said. She said she couldn't comprehend it fully, but she knew enough. And, and we hear it. And she had a choice. She could try to maintain control of her life. Or, or she could surrender to what was being said. And she said these words. She said, Behold, the main servant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. In other words, I, I just surrender. I just surrender to what God is doing here. I don't fully comprehend it, but I surrender to what I know. And that's what, that's, what, that's what God wants for everybody when they hear the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It requires us to not try to main control, but simply say yes to God. To say, yes, I surrender. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I need to surrender to that. Let it be according to what the word of God says. Let it be unto me. And then this girl, she, she was, her life was disrupted, but she surrendered to that word. She surrendered to that message. And then what she did, she actually gave up everything to carry this message. She gave up everything to carry, to have Jesus Christ in her life. And you know, she, was, she put her future husband on the line. She, by responding to the message, she completely risked her reputation. She was the one who'd become pregnant. Nobody would have believed she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And maybe even in those days, people say that she could have been stoned. But she risked everything to carry this Jesus. And when you risk everything, when you respond by surrendering and saying, I'm willing to 
risk everything for the one who gave everything for me. What God did for Mary was that all her life, all her life, she saw and she witnessed the power of God over and over and over and over again. And you know what happens when, it's a lovely picture here, when you hear the message of the gospel and you have a choice, I can either stay in control of my life or I can surrender to what God is saying to me today. I need, I need the gospel. I need to be saved. She had a problem with Joseph because Joseph didn't believe that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But when she yielded, And when she surrendered to the message, when she surrendered to what God was doing, God sent an angel to Joseph and explained to him that this was was legit, that she was pregnant with the Messiah, that the Holy Spirit had come upon her and the the great plan of God had become of salvation, had had started through, through, through Mary. And this is the point. You know, sometimes we are trying to maintain control when all God is asking for us is to surrender. And when we surrender, we start to see God getting involved in our life like she did for Mary, going ahead and solving all her problems and and doing what only God can do. But it begins... All that begins by her surrendering and saying, yes, let it be according to my word. So this is a, this is a wonderful time of year, and it's a, it's a message where it's a time where we remember and we thank God that, yes, we know, if you're a Christian, you know the greatness of God is in Jesus Christ that he is the glory of God. Yes, we know that he is God's king. He is heaven's king, and he has a kingdom, and that kingdom will override every one of man's kingdoms in the end. It will reign, and it will go on forever and ever. It's an eternal kingdom. And you can only get into that kingdom. We can only get into that kingdom if we are saved. We can only enter that kingdom because our sins separate us from God and enter his kingdom. But Jesus Christ, the greatness of Christmas is that this this one who contains the glory of God, the, the, the greatness of his greatness is that he himself became a sacrifice on the cross. He became a sacrifice that we could be saved. His death was the sacrificing atonement that our sins could be forgiven and we could be saved. And when you hear that message today, that message that you need to be saved to enter God's kingdom, that's why Christ came. That's why he was given. That's why he was great. And when you hear that message, you must be saved through the blood of Jesus to enter Christ's eternal kingdom. It's a disruptive message. It's going to have to shake up some of your priorities. And you have to let go of control of your life And you simply have to yield to the truth of it. You have to surrender to the truth of that word. And as soon as you do that, 
As soon as you do that, you know what happened when Jesus, when Mary submitted to that word? She actually sang a song. And the song is called the Magnificat. It's in the next passage. Because she knew that God had embraced her when she surrendered and said, let it be to me according to your word. God, she knew God had embraced her, that she was saved, that she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and her heart began to sing for joy. It was a real experience. It's the joy of the Holy Spirit which comes to everybody who receives the salvation that Christ wants to give you this Christmas. So I, I want to just bless you this Christmas. And, and I, want to, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, like that father who went sailing and he stood on the top of his wrecked boat and he had a line, one line in his hand and he could have thrown it to his son but he chose not to. He actually sacrificed his son and he threw it to the friend. That's what God does at Christmas. He actually throws you a line. It's through Jesus Christ you can be saved. And he has sacrificed his son for your salvation. But you need to take the line. And as soon as you take that line, that's all you have to do. As soon as you take that line. He does the rest of the work. You are saved, and he will fill you with eternal joy. That's what he wants to do at Christmas. We need to be saved. He didn't send Jesus, the one who saves for nothing. What does he save you from? He saves you from your sins. And that's what he wants to do this Christmas, and fill you with immeasurable joy. He wants to put a song in your heart that I have become a child of God, that I have been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been saved. I have been saved through Jesus Christ. That's the message of Jesus Christ. That's the message of Christmas. You can be saved. God has thrown the line. He has sent a Savior, and he wants you to receive him so that you can rejoice. Amen? God bless you. And if you need to respond, if you need to take that line today, I encourage you to do that. All you've got to do is say, I am a sinner. I do need to be saved. And I thank you for sending Jesus for me. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand up and sing him one more time for what he's done.